I'm someone who loves trying out different makeup looks, but doesn't really wear much on a daily basis, so I like to focus on making sure I have high quality staples. And whether you like a fresh face, full glam, or somewhere in between, you've probably seen Thrive Cosmetics Viral Tubing Mascara. I've certainly seen it everywhere, you know the one in the turquoise tube? So that mascara, along with all of Thrive Cosmetics beauty products, are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free, which I look for in makeup, and they've got excellent quality to match. And something I didn't know from all the mascara videos I've seen is that for every product sold, Thrive Cosmetics donates either that same product, another product that is needed more, or a monetary donation. They've worked with over 500 nonprofits to help with a wide range of causes like supporting cancer survivors, people experiencing homelessness, education access, and so much more. Knowing that makes me feel even better about using their products. And I do enjoy using them. Like I said, I like having high quality staples, and so my favorites are products that are multi-purpose, like the Brilliant Eye Brightener. It comes in a bunch of colors, and I like using them as eyeliner, eyeshadow, and even highlighter. Thrive Cosmetics is luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com thrive. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S, dot com slash thrive for 20% off your first order. Okay, here's what I want y'all to do this week. Go to casper.com, use the code radio, get a new mattress, get $50 off your mattress with our promo code, get some Casper pillow and sheets, just get your whole house Caspered up, lay in your new bed, listen to Rebel Radio, and it will put you right to sleep. And you might have the best night's sleep of your life. Casper.com, code radio, and terms and conditions apply, whatever that means. Once you realize that no matter what you do, you don't fit in, you just embrace the fact that you don't fit in. Then it's not weird anymore. It's normal. Welcome to Rebel Radio. That was Cassie with her favorite quote from today's episode. And I know you heard our first ever advertisement Casper mattresses, go buy one. Support the damn show, y'all. Come on now. Hey, our guest today is Watch the Duck. You may have never heard of these guys, but they're blowing up quickly. They're hanging out with T.I., Pharrell, all kind of fancy-ass people. They got big things popping with Steve Aoki. And their, their first single, Pop It Off, was like an independent sensation. Um, and they're now releasing their Trojan Horse EP on Denmark Records. Check it out. Go to your local record store. Is there a local record store in your town? I'm sure there isn't. But go find one. Drive around until you find a store that carries the Trojan Horse EP. Buy that shit. Post a picture. Tag us on Twitter at Rebel Radio Net. I want to see a picture of your, your uh, 8-track or cassette of the Trojan Horse EP. Man, these dudes are great. They're, they're some uh, southern guys from Alabama by way of Atlanta, London. I forget where they've been. These dudes have been all over the world. And um, really their, their musical style really reflects all those travels. Uh, they're, they're blending together a bunch of styles, but there's that still that southern soul kind of underneath all of it. And, you know, we talk a lot about in the interview about getting out of your comfort zone about being weird and what that means to them and it's really i really enjoyed it i hope you will too 
Before we do, let's hear the EDM.com track of the week. that was Xander Lewis with the track Honeydew our EDM.com track of the week if you liked it check out the Ivory Oasis channel on SoundCloud and hear more from EDM.com hey Rebel Radio is on Twitter at Rebel Radio Net you can subscribe to the show on iTunes SoundCloud and you can hear us on Dash Radio every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific and now the moment you've been waiting for me sitting in a chair talking to Watch the Duck. Check it out. Nice. Watch the Duck. What's up? Thanks for being here. Thanks for having us. Yeah. Yeah, appreciate you guys coming out on this cold Los Angeles morning. I don't get cool. this. I don't, I, don't, right? I don't understand what we're doing here. That shouldn't even be a right. That sentence should be grammatically incorrect. Yeah. You know, we're just trying Los to expand Angeles our horizons, see, see what the, how the rest of the world lives. No, nah, I don't want to do that. That's why, that's why I came. <laughs> that's that's right. why I came here. Yeah, that's I right. came here because it's the land of eternal summer. Yeah, it's not eternal right. summering right now. I like that. Um, so I know you guys have moved around a lot. Yeah, uh, I saw in your bio you came from Alabama and then London. Alabama, Houston, London, Atlanta, little time in New York. Now here, both of you together, all those places. Uh, well, except for well, yeah. Yeah. And then I think he went to Mexico City for a while, and wow. we're uh, we're jet setters, man. I guess so. Yeah, that's amazing. How'd you guys meet up? From the same neighborhood. Uh-huh. Uh huh. We grew up in the same neighborhood in Montgomery, Alabama, called okay. Willie Park, and um, and then we were actually on Drumline and junior high together well not drumline symphonic band drumline makes, drumline it, sound makes it sound way really cool, cool. <laughs> it, was, it wasn't exactly. it was symphonic band we were in tuxedos and whatnot we weren't marching band it was like we were playing stuff like phantom of the opera and oh, proclamation wow. and symphonic decree which uh-huh. was my favorite song actually. i like to you i love that, that, yeah, I love yeah. that one. Yeah. you guys were drumming yeah, yeah. nice symphonic style yeah <laughs> yeah and then uh when did you start making music together uh, I think it got serious in uh, college because, okay. you know, we all individually growing up because, you know, we're talking junior high right now. So growing up, each person, we followed our own kind of like paths to this. Um, and college was when we really came together and because we wound up at the same college. And I say wound up because it wasn't a plan. Like we wasn't mm-hmm. sitting in the edges of the house. Like, this is what we're going to do. This is the plan. Uh-huh. It wasn't our plan. I'll say that. But um <laughs> 
we we wound up at the same college together and where'd you go to school alabama a&m okay so that's where that's where really it got like it got it got serious there because we start we had a little studio the funny thing is i had a job where um i had a family a family friend a really close family friend who i was a janitor i cleaned up his 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 building mm. and um uh, one of the deals I worked out was in return, he gave me an extra room in the back of the building. Okay. And uh, so in the back of the building, we put all the equipment because, you know, during high school, I collected, cut a lot of grass, collected a lot of equipment yeah. and uh, put it all in this room. So we ha- we literally had a studio in Huntsville, Alabama. And it's, it's so weird because during from nine to five, the place was like uh, a child placing like human resources thing. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden at seven o'clock, music crunk up, and <laughs> we was back there making music. But so it was so it was That's so weird, great. but it was cool. Like because yeah. we're imagining college, you have a studio to go to. Like yeah. couldn't put it in the dorm room because I'm sure. quite sure it would have got got. But uh, so that was cool, and we didn't tell anybody about it. We, it was a very mm-hmm. well kept secret. We didn't mm-hmm. we didn't talk about it because we didn't want to get the place robbed. Right. But yeah. But you knew before that you wanted to make music. Obviously, if you're collecting equipment yeah where'd that come from How, how'd you know you were gonna make music purple rain prince movie man i think love that i think movie. I, I think uh it's the first movie i ever saw in life because uh, my mom was a huge prince fan yeah. so that you was, saw it in the theater you must have no, been too young nah, for that i was like i think that movie came out before i was even born but yeah. it I saw it. My mom still would play it like it was new. And that was like the first grown-up movie I could watch. Everything else was cartoons. Mm-hmm. But some something about Prince, she didn't mind. <laughs> so when I saw that, it changed my life. Like, I was I, I was staring at it. And they had to hide the VHS tape. Uh, yeah, VHS tape for mm-hmm. really young people out there. <laughs> it's, a, it's a thing you've got to actually rewind and wait on. It's kind of like Netflix. Yeah. But not. But you got to <laughs> get up and it's go across physical. the room. Yeah, you can go make you can go heat up your food while it's rewired. You know, yeah. you know exactly what you do by the time it's probably twelve o'clock flashing on. Yeah, the, the whole time, yeah. nobody ever set the timer on their VCR. Getting the movie Man. set was a real thing. When somebody yeah. said, "Yo, get the movie set," though, yeah. that was a job. For sure, no, it wasn't. That was serious. You yeah. really have to do that. What was your favorite scene from uh, Purple Rain? Yeah, when he was on the motorcycle. Hell yeah! And. uh Every time uh, Apollonia, yeah, I still know the character names. Every time Apollonia still tried to get on the motorcycle, he would dr- drive up a uh-huh. little bit and drive a little. Uh-huh. Like he just pissed her off. And I, I think at the time I didn't know this phrase, but that was like my first time witnessing nagging. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, yeah. but yeah, like the way he played her was, and, and, and it's just man, Prince was like just everything. So it was at that moment that I was just like, all right, yeah, whatever he's doing, like, I didn't know what I want. I just knew I had to do something with music because I yeah. was just like, this is it. Him and I also thought Morris Day was like the coolest thing in the world too because him and Jerome, they was just so like impeccable, like with the fashion and just the moves. Mm-hmm. Everything was just so dope. So, yeah, that, that that was when it hit me. The bug bit me then, you know, and from there it was just a matter of uh, like my mom supporting me being in, Symphonic band, marching band, jazz band. Uh, when I heard Nirvana and went through a guitar phase mm. and, and, and junior high as well and, and picked that up. So things of that nature. And it just built all the way up to, uh, like, by high school, I was buying things like an MPC mm-hmm. from, like, cutting grass. In the mm-hmm. South, we cut grass to get, you know. Yeah. And uh, there's uh, so many yards, you can make a lot of money. And, For sure. Uh, 
key I was buying like real keyboards where I could actually like record and sequence stuff. So yeah. high school is where I started like sp- spending money and like real money on equipment. And what kind of music was it was it what kind of music were you trying to make at the time? Hip hop, man. I'm yeah. not gonna even lie. Like it, hip hop was like strong and then I had these I had my cousins, they were really, really dope. They were making R and B and uh and and I started to now at incorporate that in the sound, but what drove me was hip hop. I'm not gonna lie. Like, what what got you into hip hop? Man, like at the growing up, like Outkast was was a huge influence. Yeah. Uh, uh, Bone Thugs and Harmony, uh, and we were coming at, at that point. We were coming out of the booty shake mm-hmm. momentum that was happening down south, especially out of Atlanta and Miami. So like the Kilo Raheem. Uh, that used to run the parties. Like when we went to a party, that's what we was listening to. It was like 120 BPM, 130 yeah. booty shake music. You yeah. know what I mean? So all of that. That's what kind of got me into it. That those all of those influences. So was there a first record that you remember like really kind of opening your eyes to that? Hmm. You know. Weird is this is an R&B record actually, but man, Timbaland, mm. Timbaland, which one? One in a million. That was the first time that combined for me. Uh, it, that was the first time I heard like that level of percussion because, like you said, percussion was a big thing. Like mm-hmm. I said, and but it, it incorporated into the music and the way he was playing it. It was almost cadence. Like I, I, I set up with drum machines and just constantly remade that. I'm not gonna yeah. even lie, just yeah. to do it, you sure. know, and just, and 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 just figure out how he did and how he made the beat. What was so interesting about that beat to me, it was slow. Like I don't know the exact tempo. I think that it felt like 65 BPM. It, it might have been around 65. But what was interesting is that when you listen to it, everybody I knew listened to it, they bounced to it. Mm-hmm. But it was a 65 BPM record, so it felt double time. Even though he had none of the sounds was he didn't have a fast hi hat in there you know, playing 16th notes or nothing like that. Right. But he had this crooked in the background. That was given. That was playing like, uh, 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 and 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 I realized like people were bouncing to that, mm-hmm. you know, and so that that changed everything for me because I was like I was just fascinated with recording and production at that point, like just over the top. Like, yeah, I was like, that's amazing. Yeah, what about you? Was there a record that like made it all click in for you? Um, well, I got into music later in life, to be honest. I, I was just focused on being an athlete mm. growing up. What'd you play? Football, football, wrestling. Um, I could just always sing. You know, I, like I had a natural thing for music, mm-hmm. so I was always in music stuff, but I never really took it seriously. It was just something I could just absorb, because I just kind of looked at it like, how am I gonna get signed? 
you know, like how is how is this real? Yeah. Like I gotta meet some like Clive Davis in the mall or something. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, so I didn't really know. But then when I got to high school and I realized that I didn't necessarily want to go because the scholarships I was getting offered were like they weren't the scholarships that I wanted for football. So it kind of made me be like, well, I don't want to play in college just to play. Mm-hmm. If I'm not going pro, I don't mm-hmm. want to do this. So then I got into music. And um, at the time, the Neptunes were, like, running everything. Like, you know, because I always loved Timberland and Missy. They were always my favorite. Of course, Michael Jackson and stuff like that. But the record that really changed my life was You Don't Have to Call mm. by, you know, the, the one the Neptunes did for Usher. Mm-hmm. Because, like, they bridges and, you know, Pharrell's bridges were just amazing. And then um, by that time, me and E had hooked back up and I got a chance. I actually sat in the studio and watched him make a beat who then he was doing it for my part for our other homeboy, this guy named Jonathan. Um, and um, they were working on a session together, and I was just sitting on the couch just watching it. And for the first time, it was like music got real to me, mm-hmm. you know, because I always liked singing. But then when I saw somebody make a beat and actually write a song for the first time, I was like, oh, I could do this. Mm-hmm. I think I want to do this. And um, like I said, then the Neptunes were just running stuff. So I was like, oh, man, that guy, that guy right there who's making the beats and then singing the hooks, yeah, I want to do that. Yeah. So then it's like I started putting my mind to music and learning how to make tracks. And, you know, Eddie would teach me stuff like, man, nah, do this with your drums. And it's like, okay, 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 I got you, I got you. And then, like, he'd go to sleep and i sit up and try to make a beat and be like, man, what you think about this? So it was like it started, for me it started that way. It, I learned that I always loved music when I finally put my mind to it. Before then it was just something I could do. You know, mm-hmm. if I could sing a solo or something. Because, like, being in show choir, like, you know what I mean, just being the only, the only little black kid in show choir, <laughs> you know, and stuff like that. Like, I always had to sing the solos and stuff like that. <laughs> right. But it was just, for me, it was just something to do to get girls. It was yeah. like, girls, I, what I learned that girls like guys who could sing, mm-hmm. I sung. Sure. Um, but then, you know, when it became real, I was like, oh, I love this. I can do this. Yeah. So that's how it happened. That's great. You know what, man, as I've gotten older, I've realized how important a good night's sleep is. You know, I used to be like up all night, out, doing whatever, acting bad, and I just figured I would sleep when I die. But now, if I don't sleep, I feel like I've died. On this show, we talk about creatives, artists, business people trying to build something, and I think you really can't do that unless you get some sleep. It's hard, you know, you're on the road, you're in meetings, you're prepping to be launching something, but you got to get your sleep. And so our sponsor, Casper Mattresses, is trying to help you do that. They have a mattress that was named one of the best inventions of 2015 from Time Magazine. They're making pillows and sheets engineered to get you a good night's sleep. Can you believe that? Not just made, but engineered. And most importantly, they're willing to let you test it out for 100 nights. 
free shipping, free returns, if for some odd reason you'd want to return it. But you can go to Casper.com and use the code RADIO. Get $50 towards your purchase of the mattress. That's Casper.com, code RADIO. That's our own code special for Rebel Radio. Use it. We get none of that money, but you will get a good night's sleep and $50 off your mattress at Casper.com. Oh yeah, hey, terms and conditions apply. I mean, I want to talk about the music you guys are making because, you know, it stands out to me mm-hmm. as really unique and, and uh, <clears throat> you know, I can't help but thinking, you, you talked about having moved around so much and I can't help but thinking that those two are, are related. And so, do you have any thoughts on that, on how living in all these different places has it influenced, influenced the music? Yeah. Like, because, I mean, we can't take credit for, like, the music that we're making now sounded like two guys from Alabama. Like right. probably the soul that you hear in it, yeah, that's all Alabama. That's church. That's our parents. Yeah, the fact that it the fact that it's grounded in soul funk music, that's all Alabama. Mm-hmm. Everything else is all travel. You mm-hmm. know, like because one of our, our partner now, uh, Oscar, who you know is the guitar player, but also doubles as the duck now. Um, He's from Houston, and we always joke on him all the time about Houston. Please, Houston people, don't get mad at me. But when I first moved to Houston, I didn't get the culture all the way. You know, right. like I liked UGK and stuff like that, but I didn't get you know somebody walk up to you and be like, "Hey, what's up, fool?" You be like, "What? You want to fight me right now?" You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. bro, I hit you in the mouth. Don't do, don't call me fool no more. But then three weeks living in Houston, you walk around like, "Yo, what's up, fool?" You know, because I get. Yeah, I get it now. So it was like, I think that happened everywhere that we moved. It yeah. was like, you know, after when I first moved to Houston, I was like, man, why are y'all liking this? Like, I don't get it. You know, after a couple of weekends, I'm like, South Side, the South Side. Yeah. You know, and then you moved over to London at the time. It wasn't so much um, dubstep yet. It wasn't like labeled yet. They right. were more so just calling everything garage music yeah. and like grime and stuff yeah. like that. Mm-hmm. So it was real, real raw. And um, we were going out a lot in London because when we went to London, we went over there initially hosting a tour that was going, but then we stayed, we kind of just used it as an opportunity to just unplug, Mm -hmm. to just get inspiration. So, you know, we were going out every night, hanging, going to the pubs, living the lifestyle, and I'm just absorbing it. And, like, for me, that's the first time where I ever gave, I guess, what's now called electronic music a chance. Because before that, to me, it was just, and I was like, I don't don't like that. I don't get that. You know, other than, like, Chicago's, like house mm-hmm. music, stuff mm-hmm. like that. I like that stuff. But, you know, that real trance stuff, I wasn't into that. Until I, like, started going to clubs and they were mixing it right and they were playing it right and I got to experience it. Yeah. So then, you know, then by the time we got back to Houston, I was looking for warehouse parties. Like, I didn't want to go to the bottle-popping clubs no more. Right. I was looking for, like, parties with the random DJ who played music that I didn't know not one song all night. And did you find that in Houston? Yes, I did. It had been there the whole time. I just... Yeah. Didn't look for it. You know, yeah. I just only wanted to go to what I was used to. But then once we got back to Houston, it's like, shoot, right next to where I was living, because I lived in a warehouse. Mm. The warehouse right next door used to be lit, you know, and so it was my stop from then on. You know, the first time I could actually walk in a party and roll my blunt, like, and not have to worry about security, I was like, uh-huh. oh, you got me. Yeah. This <laughs> home, yeah. where, have, where have you been all my life? <laughs> my goodness, I love you. So, I mean, and it's the same thing, like, with coming to California. So I guess, like, Every time, I, I would like to say, and I, I'll end what I'm saying because I talk a lot, but 
No, no, that's all right. <laughs> but, uh, that's but, what we're here for. But I guess, uh, you know, every time you go somewhere, it's like, a, I guess a veil will be lifted over your eyes, like taken from your eyes to where you can see things. Yeah. Now when I travel, I'm, I go in with open eyes. Yeah. So it's like, I think that influenced the music, you know, because we would always get like, really, our music was always weird. Hmm. From the first beats he used to play me before I ever started making beats, they had like 30 changes in them and stuff. You know, it was no loop. You know, yeah. it was always like that. It's just that the the more we did it, the more we refined the sound and the more we learned where the influences were coming from, the more we could be like, yeah, I think this is what we're doing. Yeah. So um, it just kind of, you know, it started coming together. The more we traveled, the more we understood what we were trying to express. Man, I love that word weird because, you know, Prince is weird. Very. The people you're talking about, you know, Pharrell is weird in his time, right? You know, black kids weren't skateboarding, not publicly. Yeah. Right? Yeah, nah. Uh, Go wearing trucker hats. Yeah, nah. right? Nah. And just doing what he was doing, right? That was weird. R.I.P. Pharrell. You know, <laughs> he got his new hat, the yeah. Arby's hat. Now. And now everybody's doing that. Right. He, he, but like that, like nobody. Strong. It's no, been strong over the decade. For sure, <laughs> right? Um, but he is Pharrell because he's weird. Yeah, you know, and same with Prince, and same with uh, Timberland, like making beats like that sounded like that, the way you described it at that time. That was weird. That was different, man. And um, and I see that in you guys, and and you know, from from the music I've heard, and I think that's so interesting to just kind of embrace that, and like you said, be open to that, and and you know, that's one of the things I found is that like there is a scene in Houston. There's a scene in every town. You just got to find it. But you got to find it and you got to be open to it. And I think our outward perception is that the South is one thing, right? We think of Dirty South. We think of, you know, West Coast. But West Coast is not one sound. It's not. No, right? it's a lot of sounds, man. But that's honestly outside, like, that's our main purpose. That's what we're here on Earth to do. Like, if we had to ex- say what's our mission statement, you know, if we had a mission statement, <laughs> It would be expand your comfort zone. Yeah, you know, um, not step outside your comfort zone. Like I feel like it's the dumbest thing to tell somebody to do, but expand it. You know, because I, I feel like you you can you expand it and you make certain things a part of it. The things you like everywhere you go, every experience that you have, some of them you like, some of them you want. Um, but you have to just try stuff. You know. So was there a moment or like an experience that helped that take shape for you, or? Did, or- or is that just automatic? Just never fitting in. Yeah. Like to be honest, like when you, once you, once you realize that no matter what you do, you don't fit in. You just embrace the fact that you don't fit in. You know, it's like then it's not weird anymore. It's normal. So, so do you? Was there a time when you sort of realized that we're gonna embrace this? Popping off. I would say we we embraced it before popping off, but musically, popping off was that moment. Popping yeah. off was that moment where just to be honest, it was like fuck y'all. You know what I mean? I'm just gonna be 100. It was like, fuck y'all, man. I'm tired. Like, fuck it. How big was that record? 
Um, it was big for us. Yeah. You know, it got it got, you know, when we saw when we put it up that night, I think it was like what, June the thirteenth, I think it was, two thousand and twelve. We put it up and then went to sleep and woke up the next day and it had 250,000 views. No shit. It's like, okay, fuck you works, huh? Yeah. You know, we should have done this a long time ago. Yeah. You know, because, like, you know, we come from being producers and songwriters, you mm-hmm. know, trying to place tracks. So weird isn't a good thing. Right. You know, when you're in a service-oriented job, weird isn't good. Yeah. And so it was like, man, I don't, I don't know about this. But then once we stopped, I guess, trying to please everybody, then – you know, our phones start ringing off the hook of people like Pharrell, people like T.I., people like Busta Rhymes, you mm-hmm. know, people just calling, like T-Pain, people just calling like, yo, dog, that shit y'all doing? You know, we like, man, dude, I've been trying to get to you for years, mm-hmm. you know, but maybe we just weren't doing it right, right. you know? So it's like, and now it's like, okay, well, you can't <laughs> ever tell me. And then, like, I have a friend, because always, I've always called myself weird, like, always. And I have a friend, like, my homegirl, um, she really hates it. She'd always get mad at me, be like, why do you say that? And I'd be like, dude, I'm just trying to talk to you about what I'm saying. I know it's a little different. She was like, but you're not weird. It's just normal. That's mm-hmm. normal for you. That's weird for other people. It's normal for you. Mm-hmm. And I think she finally got through to me. You know what I'm saying? It's like, we're not. We're just us. Everybody should be a little weird. Like, are we not all sheep? We should all try to be together. So I think popping yeah. off was that moment when we was just like, man, we can't go back to this. Maybe that works for everybody else. Maybe doing the right beat and the artist walking in here's it works for y'all but it just didn't work for us now it does like now when artists come into the studio they don't because we used to like um get mad because you'd be sitting around you know working all night for artists to come into the studio to have like tracks laid out for them and they'll walk in the first thing they say is uh oh can you play me something like this or can you, you got any beats like this right you know you got any beats with the sample in it where they do it like this and you're like, man, you don't even want to hear what I just spent 10 hours working on for yeah. you. You know what I mean? Like, you just get get mad about it. Yeah. But it's like now when artists walk in the room, they say, man, hey, man, give me some of that shit y'all do. Mm-hmm. You know, they be mad that it's not already doing magic tricks because that's, you know, post-production type right, stuff. Right. You know, they be like, man, but, but make sure y'all do y'all to it. So weird works. Yeah. Weird works. And I got this theory on weird, though. I think, <clears throat> I think, we, I think we have completely been bamboozled. I think... I think there are more people like us than there are people not. Yeah, I think right. I think the norm I think the the minority <laughs> the new minority have uh are just the loudest. Mm-hmm. Like I think like if you think about the what what we would call normal, if you think about it, if you listen to music like even especially in rap, like a lot of it to me is fantasy. Like most of us are not that if you really think about the stories. Yeah. Rarely are any of us kingpins of anything, you know, like, or <laughs> these big bosses that we, you know, like, yeah. that is the minority. Is yeah. <laughs> most, most of the people, most of the people are people like us. And, but I think the smallest percentage are the loudest. Sure. So I think, but I think the bamboozle is that we, we, we call it weird because we don't hear or see ourselves enough, mm-hmm. you know, so we call it weird. But I, I think at the end of the day, we're normal. Well, yeah, right, and that's the point is this entertainment storytelling, right? And so, yeah. you know, how many rappers, the first time they ever saw an exotic car was at their video shoot, right? Like, yeah. And that's normal, right? Like, most of us yeah, never been in a Lamborghini. Right. My right? first time seeing one was when I went to Houston, because we had that in Alabama. Yeah. Like, it was, it was, like, our VIP sections were, was the table 
who we had like four pitches of beer on it. Like that was VIP. We balling. all put together. We balling because ball, right. that was, what ball. it was four of them. That was twenty dollars. Yeah. Like hey, we was living. And then we with need these your pitches. five at the end. Of I, the night yeah, and sure. I need I need you. I need my five dollars from you, bro. Yeah. So when I went to Houston, I'm seeing dudes with it. I'm like, oh, this what y'all rapping about? It made people's lyrics make more sense to me. Like, oh, now I got that metaphor. That's funny. I was just rapping. I didn't know what the hell you was talking about, bro. That's hilarious. So you said like something that. about. Uh, telling people, you know, saying not to get out of your comfort zone is is bad advice. Is that um, so? How hard was it for you to like? How strong are those forces trying to force you back into the comfort zone? At this point, they're not strong. No, but like as you're developing and finding your way. No, I think it gets easier. I think yeah. once you start doing it, I think. Like I'm not gonna call it bad advice telling people to step outside because it's it's that first step that's everything. Like once you go, it's just like anything. Like you stare at a pool, like thinking the water is cold until you jump in, and you're like, oh, it's it's fine, it's cool, you know. But mm-hmm. you have to that first step is the thinking about it. So uh, the once you start going, once you start expanding it, and you and you live through it, it gets better. Like in school growing up, it was trying to wear something different that was different than everybody else was wearing you, you know it's yeah. a nervous day when you from when you leave the house because you're like all right and, and and we come from a culture of joking like that first day you wear that pink polo yeah we come from a culture <laughs> of when you joking when, when you walk up when you walk up in the place like you your boy know. is gonna get you you, you know what i mean know. yeah for once sure. you survive that first round or two and you hang in there and then this is the key right here especially for like for for, for people like us like me like you you try it on. You go through the joke and whatnot. You make it through it, and then you catch a couple of girls out, and they and they and they say, "Oh, it's real nice what you got on." And, and that moment right there, you like, "I'm doing this reassurance." Because uh-huh. at the end of the day, we all need a, yeah. some level of reassurance. Nobody is existing on the island. Like the most confident person is not running around like, "I don't need nobody to tell me." Like, nah, you need some level of reassurance that you're yeah. on the right path. So when you when you step out there and you get that first, whether it's a wink or like just for somebody who didn't notice you before or whatever, like. That's that moment where you be like, oh, okay, I'm out here now. Like it's you, you going a little bit toward the deep end. Like, all right, I'm out here. This is cool, and it gives you that courage to take the next one and the next one. So, I feel like our style is a series of those moments where you know I, I was a black kid in Alabama walking out the house with a cummerbund on, going to symphonic band. Like, I was, it started off hard. You know, I had to get through the neighborhood to that concert. Like, yeah. so one, I got really good at joking. I got really good at joking. Like, I, I will to. mess you up. Right. <laughs> you know I what I mean? So sure. that happened. And then, you know, I realized that once I was performing, once I was doing stuff, like, you got different levels of appreciation back. Like, be it from even adults at that time that was like, yo, you know, you really could be this and you really could be that. And people, and you start seeing things as limitless, mm-hmm. you know? And I, so I think each, each experience where you do something and you learn something and you see it back, like makes you more and more confident, you mm-hmm. know. So you stop caring. That's that's what it is for us. Like we we, we if, if watch the duck if that when people see that duck head logo, like if that could be that sign, like it's the same thing that in that uh makes me love Apple. You know what I mean? Like when I see that Apple logo, like I know it's okay to think different, like to mm-hmm. be just a little different. Like I, I think that's yeah. what they did with that brand that makes it feel so elite or part of like a special team of, yeah. of people so. so tell us about the watch the duck brand i, I know uh, i i read a little bit about where the name means and i told my wife i'm i'm having watched a duck on the show and she was like what what is that yeah. like everybody sees a duck 
just traveling on top of the water, so smooth, but nobody pays attention to our hardest feet after work so he can stay afloat. Yeah. So to us, Wash the Duck was always an inside joke. It was always like everybody in this room to me is watching the duck, whether mm-hmm. you want to admit it or not, just because you work hard, but you make it look effortless because mm-hmm. that's, you know, that's what a duck does. So, I mean, that's what it was. And then it was, it was just our, it was our joke. Is whenever we see something to let each other know that we peeped it, we'd be like, man, watch the duck. And then we'd be like, man, you see it. So then we did popping off because we like saying you see it. Everybody, if you hang around us, we will have you saying you see it. Because mm. um, that means you see it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You're like, you know what it is. So um, when we did popping off, because uh, popping off was just like the result of a series of house parties that we were doing at our, at our frat house in Atlanta. We would just throw parties on Sunday. And then one of them we taped. When we were about to upload it up to YouTube, we had to call ourselves something. So we just looked at each other and was like, watch the duck. And we just bust out laughing. It was like, nice. yep, that's what we calling this because that's hilarious. That's great. And, um, and plus it meant something for us because yeah. we, we like being deep in the shallows, you know, because if you're too deep, people going to miss it. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're too shallow, everybody's going to enjoy it, but it doesn't do anything for anybody's life. So, I mean, you got to be shallow just so people can have fun with it. And then they'll catch the meaning later. Mm-hmm. Um that's what it was. And then literally we do come from being producers and songwriters. Like we have no problem being behind the scenes. To us, it's about the music. It's about the experience. It's about us being able to perform it because mm-hmm. we just love doing what we're doing. So, I mean, it's almost like, do you like this music? Cool. Do you need something to look at? Watch the duck. He mm-hmm. will keep you thoroughly entertained. And when did the duck come about? Um, well, <laughs> the duck just popped up at a party one time. And we was like, yeah, now we got a duck. Like it somebody, was, like a, a friend, friend. A friend takes, you know, take what you're saying seriously. Yeah. yeah. And I watch the duck and show up as a duck. And we're like, all right. Oh, okay. That's what's up. And, and and it was kind of cool. Like, it was like, this. we should do that. We should make it a thing. Because yeah. we didn't. We wanted to make videos and, and, and visuals and whatnot without being in them, to mm-hmm. be honest. Like, we didn't, when we first started playing the music for people, uh, our friends around Atlanta, we never even told them it was us. They never knew it was like, us. Like, when we were throwing those parties, we didn't say come to watch the duck party right. we, we we were playing music that was out mixing it with other different things and we would slide stuff like popping off in there and people literally would come like what's that what's that right there and you know we have a lot of friends that's like really in, heavy into the dance culture like animation and whatnot and um so that like we would play that record and like people would just really go in so a lot of people would, re- would really be like yo what's that record and we'd just be like yeah let's watch the duck like we'll be talking third person in the sense mm-hmm. like it's not us, it's Watch the Duck. And it, that kind of kept with us because at the end of the day, we don't, like you said, we love being more so behind the scenes to be able to really get a real conversation about it. Like if you don't know on me, you would tell me what, I, what you yeah, really feel about Yeah, you would say it. something that hurt my feelings. <laughs> you know what I mean? So <laughs> it's, it's we enjoy that. It's awesome. And it's like that's why popping off out of a, I think the song was like 420 <laughs> in length. But uh is and out of that whole video, we probably was in it maybe 30 seconds, 30, 40 seconds. And mm-hmm. uh, the rest of the video was to us about the culture. Like, people didn't know that was happening in Atlanta. Like, right. when you think of Atlanta, uh, I don't I don't know if Love and Hip Hop was out at the time, but you still thought of, like, Magic City, the strip clubs. Yeah. You thought of rap videos. You didn't think uh, of, like, this, you know, black people at a party playing beer pong, listening to the dubstep. That was the last thing on your mind, you mm-hmm. know? But that that... That happens in in Atlanta. Like it's such a mesh of cultures and it's such a mesh of parties. And we wanted to show people like it wasn't a fantasy for us. Like we wanted to show people that side of Atlanta. So if we if you watch the video, 
the video is the primary focus of the video is on the party and the people, mm-hmm. and we are badly in it, and it, and and it, and it flashes the duck a lot, and so that's to us that is watch the duck. You know, it's like it it's it's more of a collective of ideas, it's a thought process, and a culture mm-hmm. that is the meshing, the coming together of cultures, in in a in a non stereotypical way that you you know and just kind of like shattering that that's sure. what we want to show sure so that's why to watch the duck and that's why that duck is to us to what the eagle is to like america mm-hmm. you know what i mean it's just like that nothing it doesn't really get offended like you always hear like it's like water off a duck's back you know it's like not easily broken that way and it's but and then everything is about being cool which is why he got sunglasses on you know what I mean? like <laughs> Us culture, the first rule of culture is it's got to be cool, yeah. first and foremost. Sure. And it may take a lot of hard work to be cool, and that's the under the water paddling, you know? Mm-hmm. So, all of that, you know, is I'm making it sound deep, but we didn't think this deep on it when we it was wasn't. coming up with it. Right. Just hindsight. But that's, it's what like, it's, yeah. but that's why we were drawing to it, though. Yeah. You know what I mean? The same as I'm sure it wasn't that deep to Steve when he chose an Apple. Right. When he was in that, when they were sitting there having a meeting, what do we call this computer company? It's called an Apple. Like, I'm sure it wasn't that deep. But yeah, I'm sure. What, you're look right. what it became, though. Yep. You know, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think a, a lot of great stories and great brands, they kind of become that in in hindsight. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Like you know, all these pieces sort of fit together. Yeah, like in hindsight, I can make us look like super geniuses. Yeah. You know, but a lot of that stuff we were just we were just coming up with on the spot just because it felt good. You For know, sure. like we knew we wanted to go, and even now, like. um you know, we got a series of videos coming out, tour and stuff coming up, you know, just, you know, new projects coming out. Mm-hmm. But it still hasn't really ventured too far away from that original thought process. Like, we just care. We care more about the music and the sound and what it does to people. Yeah. You know, and then, like, we'll show up to the shows, of course. We're going to be there. Right. But the rest of that stuff, man, it's not that we're against it. And mm-hmm. that's the thing, too, about Watch It Up. We're not against anything. Like, we're just, we're all inclusive. Like, be what, be who you are. Like, that's what the popping off video represented. Like, our house parties, we would get people from all walks of life that come together. So it's like, we we always tell people now, it's like, because I think somebody was telling us one time we're doing something brand new, and I appreciate the bold of confidence, but I just don't, I disagree. I don't think we're doing anything new. I think we're just really representing what is really happening in the world. You can't judge a book by its cover anymore. Mm-hmm. Like, there was a time when you could look somebody and be like, yeah, I bet you all he listens to is Jay-Z and Oz. Mm-hmm. But that's not true anymore for anybody. For you know, sure. Even, like, we're from Montgomery, Alabama. Like, I went home for Thanksgiving, and my friends were shocking me with the stuff that they were listening to. Mm. They gave us the credit for it. They was like, man, and once I started listening to y'all's stuff, now, man, you know, I know this dude okay. Or, man, I've been, I've been listening to Pretty Lights. Mm. I'm like, you listening to Pretty Lights? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. This, we're, we're gonna, America's gonna be okay. <laughs> I mean, because I mean, because if you saw the people I'm talking about, yeah, you'd be like, dude, dude, you the last person I think. But that, but it's it's not anything new. It's what's happening to everybody. Everybody is expanding 
their consciousness, their comfort zone. We just want to be a part of it. Yeah, Thank so you, help, help me un- help me understand that because yeah. you know, so for my generation, genre is is so important. Yeah, you know, it, it, genre is everything, right? Like, and, you know, I grew up kind of in the, you know, early uh, days of hip hop when you know you had like, you had to decide what was hip hop and what wasn't. Yeah, right, and what you know what was okay to listen to <laughs> what was it? and what wasn't right and and you know i also was i mean and a lot of people like were exposed to other genres and appreciated rock or chicago mm-hmm. house or like these different sounds right but knowing those differences and really paying attention to those differences was kind of important not anymore i think Gone, but right? i think but but yes and no because i think the conversation is still relevant like we all see it every day on our timelines. What's real hip hop? What's not? Yeah, but I hate that. By the way, I you know I saw something on y'all timeline. I got a, I got a love and hate appreciation about for real hip hop. I forget what it was. I got a love and hate appreciation because I appreciate the conversation. Because like I think conversation, we're always gonna all disagree, agree and disagree because words are just inadequate to to explain feelings like we just weren't I don't think we were meant to talk I think that's that whole using under 10% of our brain that just shoots us in the foot like I think we was meant to just like communicate telepathically feelings because it's when I when I say a word it limits it if I tell you if I say dubstep I can lose 50-60% of a room for sure but if I describe a song that man this, this, this is an amazing song it builds it you know it drops this way and when it and when, when it drops like it's just like explodes and it's like a rush of emotions it's like a good day i gain those same people back it's like oh man that's amazing mm-hmm. you know and it's like cuz i'm more so describing a feeling as opposed to a label mm-hmm. that we may all disagree so i think those conversations that's why i love and hate them because like what's real hip hop what's not so are are there limit you know i was i was reading an article this morning about uh you know there's a thing right now between uh, Dead Mouse is criticizing Skrillex for the record he did with Justin Bieber. Oh my God, I don't even want to get in that. I'm gonna go and stop you right there. I don't even want to get in that shit because that that's personal conversations. Like, and I'll really probably make some enemies. I just feel like, man, everybody should just shut the fuck up and do them. But you know, like, okay. <laughs> but but so what I'm what I'm curious about, and you know, we don't have to get into all those details, but you know, uh, Dead Mouse makes the argument that context is important. Mm-hmm. That we don't come to every record as it's the first record we've ever heard and just listen to it with pure ears, right? We come with a certain set of prejudices, beliefs, you know, preferences. He said all that? Uh, not as eloquently as oh, me. Okay. I yeah, like, yeah, 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 I was about to say, that's, <laughs> he, wow. Okay. But, yeah, but, he did, but that's the argument he's making is that context is important and, and you know, it pains me a little bit to agree with Dead Mouse, uh, but I think it is, right, because I think we don't have time to listen to every record that's created. Mm-hmm. Right. So we need these filters to tell us, like I know if something is labeled country, it's probably not gonna be for me. Right. Now I'm I'm also limited in myself because I'm sure there's good country music out there. But it's easier for me to just say, nah, I'm gonna focus over here where I'm more likely to find stuff that I but like. like. But but like but like Patsy Klein has one of the best voices ever made. Like I love me some Donny, some Dolly Parton. Okay. I I'm actually a bigger fan more sometimes of some of the older country because they were when they were really making good For songs sure. versus the radio country. Right. But I guess to your point, what I'm what I'm trying to say is is that Justin's album, Justin Bieber's Lewis album to me is amazing, personally. And I'm I loved what Scrooge did production wise because mm-hmm. I love 
the fact that he was able to not compromise his integrity, but tone down, you know, some of the music that he does because the music that he does doesn't have room for vocals right. throughout the whole songs. Sure. Like, like, and, and I'm speaking as a vocalist. Like, there's no sometimes on electronic tra- tracks. The only reason why you do hear a vocalist over the hook is because it's the only place where we can fit. You know, so I think, and that's one thing I love about the music that we make together yeah. is that we can fit a full song that you can just play on piano or guitar over this amazing track that's doing all this stuff to where you could damn near mute me and still party the same way. Mm-hmm. And I think that there's art in that. Like, there's genius in that. And I think it goes back to the whole to the whole purist conversation. Like, I remember when Kanye first came on the scene, how, like, real hip-hop heads didn't really like Kanye. Sure. But because he was breaking the rules of hip-hop. Mm-hmm. But what I've never understood about purists of any form of music is that we're talking about music. We're talking about something that is creative, something that was created. Yeah. If it was created to begin with, why are we going to duplicate it over and over and over again? That makes no fucking sense. Mm-hmm. Like, it... We're made in God's image to be creators. So if we create something, we're supposed to take something and create something else. That's the whole thing, the whole gift of music. Like, if you want to argue with me about music, be mad about you don't like what somebody else is creating now. Like, be mad at the fact they didn't put the time into it to make the quality the same. Now, that argument I'll entertain all day. You know, the whole argument that people not putting thought into music right now, if you want to talk about that, yeah, I think you might have a point. I think people should should think a little bit more sometimes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But... As far as just being creative, for the fuck's sakes of being creative, why are you bitching about that? You know what I mean? Like, that, that'd that be my whole thing about it. I think it's genius for guys who come from that world, like what Diplo is doing. Mm-hmm. What, what's happening in rap music right now? Like, cats like what Metro and them are doing, how they're expanding the sonic palette. You know, they're yeah. taking a mustard. You know, like, I mean, mm-hmm. like, yeah, he made the same beat over and over and over again to make his hits. But a lot, and I'm not, and that's not a diss, I'm no, just I talking right now. Yeah. But I'm saying that to say, like, but look at the sounds that he's using, though. Yeah. Like, a lot of the sounds that he's using are, like, house sounds, like house chords. You know, like, the, his, but he's putting a hip-hop beat up under it. That shit's genius. Mm-hmm. And it shows that, like, that's somebody who's listening. You know, like, the one of the biggest gripes that I had, oh, man, now I'm getting my soapbox. I can hear myself. But one of the biggest gripes that I have with, like, DJs and stuff like that sometimes is that I know a lot of DJs personally. Yeah. Like, I'm friends with a lot of those guys. They'll come to the studio, we'll smoke, we'll talk. And the stuff they listen to on their playlist is totally different right. what they'll go out to the club and play all yep. night. But then they'll bitch about how music ain't good no more. But I'm like, bruh, you don't use your power to change it. Right. You know, it's like, and, and like, that's my thing. Like, as an artist, like, whether we're as big as Madonna or we die obscure, what I won't go to my grave doing is being another person who's just sitting around bitching but not doing anything to change it. But there's but, this feeling that we got to choose, and that's the thing I think is the biggest issue. You know what I mean? Like, people feel like it has to be this or that. Mm-hmm. It doesn't. As mm-hmm. if we're running out of something, like, you know, and, and run out of space. And I think your, yeah. your thoughts on, like, the filters, in a sense. Like, you put something on a label so people can know whether to go toward it or avoid it. I I definitely see the necessity because we're in a we're in an industry now where the supply definitely outweighs the demand. There's more music than we demand. Right. That's that's true. So to get things to you, you you sometimes depend on be it uh somebody's playlist. Mm-hmm. Uh, be I but I, I just think it needs to be redefined. <clears throat> I think it's I think the genre thing is just antiquated. I I agree that there needs to be some form of filtering so you can find what you're looking for faster. Like. It's the same thing with like going to Redbox, right? Like I don't want you to just dump all the movies in there. Like right. sometimes I want to pick a horror. I need something to be under horror. Yeah. You know, uh <clears throat> but I think with music, I think it's graduated to a place of just a little like slightly more complex. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think we should t- 
take a second. Like it shouldn't be when we have to put music in iTunes or when we have to nominate stuff for the Grammys. Like it shouldn't just be six, seven categories. Yeah. Because it's, it's it's gotten deeper than that now. Like I think it's Where time for us to take a look at how we're categorizing it and um, how we, how we are filtering it and how we are describing it. You know. Man, you just reminded me. I was on a committee. This is how, not to tell stories about how old I am, but I was on a committee for the Grammys. We had to decide what was rap and what wasn't oh, wow. for that category, right? And because because they didn't, you know, as an organization, they that was so new, mm-hmm. like that they didn't know. So Faith was just talking about that. So we would sit there, you know what I mean, and like. And be like, yeah, okay, this is a good song, but it belongs in R and B. This is not mm-hmm. rap, and yeah. and all this stuff. And I agree. I, I think those labels are antiquated. The question yes. becomes like, how then do you have some filters that enable people to find what they want? Mm-hmm. You know, I think as a culture, we're more open to now discovering things outside of our comfort zone, certainly than than in previous generations. I think. I think, man. I, I, Personally, and this may totally be something that's just so art, artist-like, <laughs> and I totally get it, but I really wish we could almost describe them as feelings, yeah. right? Like, let's take something like what Post Malone is doing in, like, The weekend. Like, to just call it R&B is just not, it's just limiting. Yeah. When, to me, they have a feeling that's going on. Like, because how could, if, if that's R&B, and Tank is R and B, and Tyrese is R and B. Right. You know what I mean? Like yeah. that. Don't Absolutely. don't we? That's a little too broad, right? Like, and it and it and it and it, it hurt both form of artistry to me. You right. know what I mean? Because there's something that Ty- Tyrese is doing that's different than what The Weeknd is doing, and it's like, uh, or you, then you throw Miguel in that category, and you just mess everybody up. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because now we now I'm frustrated because yeah, I don't know sure. what's right. going on, and I I, yeah. I wish like. One of my favorite things is, even though it's like it's really weird, like when we work with TV and film, they describe everything as colors and emotions. Right. Like, oh, we want something that feels like a stroll along the beach. Mm-hmm. I'm all right with that yeah. <laughs> because now yeah. we can now now you know that's I know what I'm getting into. Now I know what we're getting into. Now we know. Okay, I'm not finna give you just boom, boom, boom. Like you want, you said stroll. You're not running. Okay, cool. Right. So now now I can hear the textures that's in. Uh, Something like Post Malone, White Iverson, like, oh, I could stroll to that. Yeah, that's strollable. Mm-hmm. Or you, you know, you can you can you can hear it in the weekend. Like, I just think we gotta look at it different because I think we we just lose so many people, and that's why you're starting to see artists push hard against their genre. Yeah. Like you you'll see somebody make a statement, don't call me R and B, or don't call me rap, don't call me. It's because the limitations of what of it comes it, with, you know, mm-hmm. and you don't want to get in that argument. Like even. It, Back to the the the, the, the Skrillex and the yeah. um, Dead Mouse thing, like every, each genre has its do's and don'ts. Mm-hmm. If you look at it from a technical standpoint, like with dance or electronic dance, or you know, you start being like, well, you know what, that's not that. Like, if it's too many vocals, then is it this or same thing? Like, we we right. get it, we get into these rules of limitations, but I think I, I feel like the feeling, man. You know what I mean? Like, if we were able to some kind of way filter it by feelings and 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 just kind of look at the way people are even listening to it like we have the data for it like this can be done like now with the way it's not like we talk about something that's weird like we are doing this digitally we can figure right, this sure. out yeah. <laughs> you know and what i mean when you listen to music for real for real it's it's all sounds kind of the same though like we all sound like we're one we're part of one big genre now mm-hmm. to be honest like it's just either you real chill or you got beefed up production most singers also rap 
most rappers incorporate melody into their stuff. It's like everybody is influenced by everybody. Like that's why when people ask us what kind of music we make, we say it's, mi- it's mirror music. Because mm. I just want you to like, you can call it whatever you see in it, man. If you think it's soulful, call it soul. Mm-hmm. If you think it's EDM, call it that. Whatever makes. You, I'm man. not trying to be sarcastic. No, you know, no, just I get being it. honest. Yeah, whatever sure. you see in it, because when I listen to the with the weekend or Miguel, I don't call them R and B because I feel like I grew up on R and B, and that's not that. Mm-hmm. That's something else. He's just singing. They're singing, right. so I get why you're saying it's R and B. But like Babyface was R and B. Like that's not R and B. That's like something else. You know what I mean? Like and that that I don't even want to call it because I don't want to piss nobody off. Mm-hmm. Just keep doing it. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? So I, I think and yeah, we're artists, so we feel this way. But I understand why people need genres. I'll just be honest. I'm uncompromising about giving people genres. Yeah. I just think it's an it's an old way of explaining. A thought process yep. that we've all outgrown, and it makes us disagree. Yeah. It creates an it, argument. It, it's like religion. It separates us. Right. We all just want to love a higher power. And I think I'm just gonna be honest. I think that's what genre is now. We go into war over something that we shouldn't even be mad about because uh-huh. we all like the same. You thing. just don't like the word I use. I love yep. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I get it. Hey, go to Casper.com and use the code Rebel Radio. For $50 towards the purchase of your mattress. You can test out the mattress for 100 nights. I don't even know why you need 100. You, you'll probably know in the first couple nights that you like it. But if you need a, you can test it for 100. I don't know, 90. What's the difference? It's free shipping, free returns. Everything's free, basically, except the mattress. And if you use the code radio, you get $50 off. Casper.com. Terms and conditions apply. All right, I want to talk about the business side a little bit. Um, you know, I, I think the music business <clears throat> is unique in a lot of ways because you start out creating a product and then you kind of have to learn the business as you go. Mm-hmm. Um, and you guys obviously have been through such a, a journey together. Um, how do you navigate the business together and how do you like, uh, what's your partnership like? Um, we we homeboys. Okay. So we talk about everything. Okay. Once we one hundred, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> Once we one hundred, we hope you mess with it. If you don't, cool. Yeah. I mean, um, because I mean, like we, you know, we come from like simple stuff. Like we like stuff to be simple. We just like things to make sense. If it doesn't make sense, then it doesn't make sense. And I mean, of course, we bring in we we've added people to our team who, what we what we like to call they've been to the ship. You know, mm-hmm. we, we want to get a ring, a few rings, and we get, we've we added people to the team who have rings. So we listen. You know, like, how, how do you know who to trust? I mean, it's a it's a shady business. Action. It's action. action. And, then, and then it's, it's getting in there and work. Well, we're, we're building a system around collaboration. Okay. Uh, collaborate is, is our biggest word right now. Uh, we don't feel like sometimes we all like to get in our teams and or, or we like to huddle up and, and not utilize each other. Like, one thing I love about the tech industry is that when somebody creates a new technology, everybody uses it. Mm-hmm. Everybody incorporates it. Everybody like, oh, that's an awesome idea. Let's put that in ours. Uh, and, I, and what we like to do that on the music side where, I mean, look at our partnerships that we have now. Like, it's coming together pretty well, like, for business. But it's people that's sh- it's starting with a goal, like, like-minded goals. Mm-hmm. Like, people that's 
our first conversation if we're interviewing, if we're sitting down to talk about management, publishing, record label, whatever, is where do you want to go? Like, what what is your goal? What do you want to achieve? What's the legacy? Like, when you when you die, what do you want to say you have affected? And then the, the from there, we're able to pick partners and and we have these conversations. It's like big therapy sessions, mm-hmm. <laughs> to mm-hmm. be honest, which is like group therapy. Yeah. Uh, and that's how we find our partners. And the partners we have now want to change the world a certain way. Like whether we talking TI and Hustle Gang, mm-hmm. like it's levels, it's, it's levels of complications to tip that I don't know if people really know like how how much of a mentor he is to artists. Like how he really calls and goes and sits with people and and and, and talk about tra- the trajectory of their career. So he how, actually will use the word trajectory. Nice. <laughs> Man, I can I listen to uh um Ali Shahid Muhammad on mm-hmm. a microphone check interviewing Tip. Yeah. The other day. Actually he won't call him Tip because of Q Tip. So he they had a whole discussion. I'm about pretty that. sure that was I gotta hear that. I'm pretty it's sure. It's a great that, interview. I got to hear that. It's a great interview. Yeah. Um uh but yeah, he was a much more. I mean, I'm a, I've been a fan of Ti's music since the first beat, but mm-hmm. um, but I had no idea that he was as complicated an individual and and as as he was because um, of stereotypes. Yeah, and that's what we're attacking. So you take you take you got to like with us for Wash It Duck. You take Tip, who represents stereotypically a certain thing like Southern hip hop, but got a a much deeper strong rooted vested interest in culture mm-hmm. then you take pharrell who's always been kind of like this uh, i almost want to call it like alternative mainstream you know just slightly left of center but know how to hit a home run though mm-hmm. and um who's like a weird mesh in between of like hip-hop r&b and then you take the like some of the best of r&b with like a tricky in the dream and uh and then you take like some of the best from dance with with Denmark and steve aoki and this but i i I, I'm describing a team that a, a group of partners that we've assembled together that we've would start working with to be like, let's put our heads together to just just do great stuff. Like, cause we all, everybody I just named has we've had long conversations about what's what we're talking about right now, genres, mm-hmm. how music is coming together, how cultures are coming together, how we're starting to see more of each other in each other the mirror music thing that Jesse was talking about. Like we're starting to hear it in all our musics. And we all just coming together to do something about it. So that's like the business side. We're just looking for people who want to evolve, you know, as fast as it already is, is evolving. So what are, um, you know, to some extent these guys are mentors for you. And what's the most important thing that, that they've taught you? To keep being yourself. I mean, because... And that's not even something that they said. Just personally, what I picked up from was just keep being yourself. Mm-hmm. And, you know, even being around Tip and Pharrell, each one of them have made mistakes. They've tried people, tried business partners that may or may not worked out. You know, you've tried stuff, but you just keep going and keep being yourself. Don't lose yourself because remember that people are here to see you mm-hmm. because they believe in you and you got to keep believing in you. Because yeah. the industry can change you. It can make you doubt yourself sometimes. It can make you be like, well, let me do what this person is doing. And you really got to keep your blinders on and run your race. And I think that's probably one of the most challenging parts about being in the music industry. You know, it's not to gauge somebody else's success against yours, mm-hmm. to stay your course, to stay patient, 
until your time comes, you know, and then you get it on your own terms. Mm-hmm. I think that's probably the biggest thing that we've learned from them because uh, that's what I watch them do every day. You know, everything else is more so just advice. You know, try this, try that, because what worked for them may not work for us. Right. You know, so you still have to bring it back to you. It's probably the biggest thing that we've gotten from all of them. Yeah. What was that feeling you mentioned when after popping off blew up and you start getting calls? Uh, that was great. Like, what's, it, what's it feel like? It felt great. It felt like um, how we back to the conversation we were talking about how we felt weird mm. and how we were like fuck it. You know, you kind of just threw that up there, like man. Okay, I tell the honest truth. As a vulnerable creative soul, because man, I got it. You know, I yeah, be I tough. got it. But That's right. A, this is safe. You're right, safe here. Right. But as a vulnerable creative soul, when you put something up, you want nothing more than the people to like it. Yeah. I think saying fuck you is more of a defense mechanism. Like, man, fuck you, whether you like it or not, I like it. So when people like it, you're like, yay. You know what I'm saying? So, so <laughs> and your voice get high, too. But, uh, you know, so, I mean, like, you know, we met Tip. Um, Tip, actually, we met Tip through Pharrell for the song on his album, G Shit. Yeah. Uh, that I'm singing the hook on or whatever. And uh, Pharrell called us in, me with Tip. You know, we walking in. We just getting back from Tomorrow World because it was the same day. Mm. We were out of the festival. So we walk in looking like we've been in the festival. Tip looks at us like, okay. <laughs> what are y'all here to do? <laughs> and, uh, you know, what? anyway, so he, he tells me to go in and sing the hook. Come out, sing the hook. And he's like, yo, so watch the duck. Man, play me some more of y'all stuff. So we got cool that night. You know, it was just, it was honest. So, I mean, it yeah. make you feel good. Because you like, if you like this, yeah. oh, there's hope for us. You know what I mean? Because I, you the last person I think to want to jump on girlfriend. You know, I, but you were one of the first people who we wanted to jump on it. Mm-hmm. But I just didn't think that you would like it. You know, we sitting one day, we was in a studio session. And we used to have, like, because at the frat house, we used to just have, like, what we call, like, movie night. Really, it was Scandal Night. It was mm. like Scandal Thursdays. We get everybody over and we watch Scandal. I know, I know. Not the it, toughest you know, thing, but it's not the gangster thing. Not, but it was a great night. Let me tell you something. That was a good Thursday night. So, in one of our Scandal Thursday nights, phone rings and it's Busta Rhymes. It's like, "Yo, son, I saw because <laughs> you know Busta talk just yeah. like he rap." So he like, "Yo." I saw y'all on motherfucking 106 and Park in the motherfucking outfits. And I was like, man, these motherfuckers don't give a fuck. <laughs> That's everything. That's yeah. everything. Like, we we looking at the phone like, man, it's Busta Rhymes. And he's, man, I love y'all shit. We got to do some shit together. You know, and, you know, so forth and so forth. Like, other people, whether they call, they found our number, or we meet them out in, in transit. And it's just like, yeah, man. That's what I'm talking about. See, when we did that, we y'all the last people we thought were like this. Mm-hmm. We really, we really was doing this for us. Yeah. We was doing this because we needed it. We didn't. Think we nobody was gonna mess. Nah. Like, we, did, we honestly, especially, I'm just gonna be real. We didn't. We was like, yo, this gonna get us kicked out the barbershop. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, go back to the barbershop because we didn't. We didn't think. And the last, we didn't think. The club promoters, like in in Atlanta, you know, that was, that do like a lot of the popping parties. We didn't think they would mess with it, but. Man, it's that reassurance thing. It's like we did it. We stood out there. We believed in the sound, but we were in it for the long haul. Like, yo, we gonna go. We gonna take as long as it need to take to get this to do to get this to where we gotta go. Yeah. But seeing people step up for it, seeing people talk about it, like to hear it on the radio, to hear 
the DJs talk about it, to go to those club promoters and being like, they have shown it to all of their friends. Like, some of these guys we didn't even know. It's like, yo, I've been showing this to everybody. Mm-hmm. And it's like, but you look at the parties they throw, and you just didn't think they would like this. Right. And it, honestly, it, it made me see that I was a hypocrite. That the same thing that I was fighting against people, judging people by a certain thing, I was doing sure. it. Yeah. I automatically assumed people wouldn't like this because they wouldn't, this was weird or this was different. And we found out that those same people have become the biggest champions. Mm-hmm. And that some of the people that we considered weird that would like it some of the biggest haters, mm-hmm. you know? Yep. And it's like, so it, it gave me a new perspective. It made me, like, be like, you know what? You got to let people, you got to get, like, people are people. Like, we're complicated. Our likes and everything, especially now that we have access and we not limit to geography anymore and just yeah. what our radio station play in that, geog- in, in that geography, psh, you never know, man. And it's like, it's all seeing that response popping off like i mean literally song changed our lives like literally you know to to know la reed liked it like mm. why was the question uh-huh. like la flew to atlanta right. to to meet with us and we was like why <laughs> you know like you heard yeah. this song this is the song you heard like out of all the songs we've done you heard this one he's like yeah i saw this one like and you like it <laughs> and okay you're like yeah not only do i like it i want to sign it yeah, but this, this song. song. <laughs> and you know that's us, right? Right. That's right. us doing so, this song. Yeah. So it sounds like that, you know, taking chances, I don't know that you would describe it that way, but, but you know, doing you is so important to who you are. Um, how do you protect that as the stakes get higher? Man, it's like, I think it kind of solves itself, you know, because you, you remember that, man, the stakes are getting higher because we being us. The moment that we stop being us, all this will go away. Mm-hmm. I mean, and and I guess just to be totally honest with you, we wouldn't be here. If, we wouldn't be in this room doing this right here today if we weren't being us. Right. So, I mean, when everybody else goes away, we still got to be us. We were us before y'all got here. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it just doesn't change. If anything, what we think about is, man, our conversations, which is why I think it works that we're from the same neighborhood and we've known each other so long, our conversations are, man, hey, man, bruh. Um, you know, come on, man. We, this, all that's fine and good, but what we want to do, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? And mm-hmm. that's how that's how we keep it us. It's like, yeah, I hear what everybody else trying to say. That's all good. Ain't none against none of them. Hey, bro, how you feel about this, man? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, <laughs> that balance of suggestions, suggestions, <laughs> yeah. and what you want to do is real, and it's a yeah. it's an ongoing battle. It like is. it ain't nothing we've conquered or like we've slayed for sure. Nah. Like every day, you know, because as I talk about those same partners, the more people you bring bring in, the more opinions you bring in. Mm-hmm. Um, we want to collaborate, but you also got it. You got to You got to give and take. That art is an art. So, what would feel like selling out to you? Just doing something that's not us. Like, you know, if I'm up, like okay. This dude sent me this song idea one time. He wanted me to do a feature for him. And it was like, um, he had song Shout. You know, Shout Now, somebody shout now. Uh-huh. Girl, come on now. That. Yeah. You know, because just because I sound like a soul man, bro, I'm right. not finna get up there and do that. Like, that's that's not what I'm finna get up there and do. Yeah. So, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. You know, like, just stuff that, man, I don't even want to watch it. You know, if I, and it's nothing against that dude. He had the best of intentions. Mm-hmm. But, um, Nah, when I first heard it, I, it it sent rage through me. I was like, bro, no. Doing no. something we couldn't be every day. 
Yeah. Because people suggest some, man, I could give y'all some examples that of what people have suggested for us to do to, yeah. quote, um, you know, turn up. <laughs> right. like, we like, no, bro, I can't be that every day. Yeah. Because what we, I mean, we, we're here in L.A. I kind of feel like we see people that's trapped in a certain image that they think the world sure. believed them to be. So you got to show up and be that every day. So that's literally the question we always ask ourselves is like, can I show up and do this every day? Like if I'm shopping in Ralph's, can I be that character? If I have to be that character, can I be that character every day? Can I put on that show every day? Mm -hmm. Because honestly, I don't want the success if it's something that I got to pretend to be every day. Like, cause that's torture. I've, I've, we got to go home, man. I got to go to church with my mama when I go home, man. <laughs> that's hard cause they don't miss nothing. Right. You know what I mean? No. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think that's one of the biggest challenges for artists as you start to become successful is you start chasing that last success, yeah. right? And you see that in people's music where everything starts to sound, you know, maybe they were experimenting or finding their way, and then mm -hmm. all of a sudden everything sounds like that one song that blew up. Yeah. Back to that genre conversation, man. Like, okay, when we first started popping off, and everybody had the best of intentions, but because the way that popping off sounded, Everybody wanted us to keep making that kind of sound. You know what I mean? Like, do the soul thing, you know, beat-wise. Let me sing something that sounds like Otis Redding over it. And mm -hmm. then just do that. Just make that a lot of times. And then that'll be y'all thing. Exactly. But then once that becomes our thing, that's all we can do. And right. it takes away from what we are. Like, we go into the studio with a clean slate every day. Mm -hmm. If anything, we just want to tie all of our schizophrenic tendencies together to make them make sense to y'all. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? But we're not going to do the same thing over and over again. It may be something familiar, but it's, you know, for the biggest time, like the biggest question we got was who's doing all the different vocals. Cause I'm popping off. People thought my voice was a sample. Uh -huh. And then when you go through the songs, I guess to other people, I don't sound the same on every song. Um, so they'd be like, man, well, who's singing this song? Well, who's singing this song? And it's just, but to me, music, mood, that's how I learned to sing. Like, right. I learned to sing by imitating people. So I could emulate anybody. Like, right. I knew how to sound like everybody before I knew how to sound like myself. So every song is a new movie. Every song is its own character. Mm -hmm. You know, it needs its own thing. And it's like, that's just like no none of the production sounds the same from song to song. It's just similarities. Yeah. You know, it's like, I think that's our way. That goes back to your question of how do we keep our integrity and, you know, not sell out. We're selling out once we're doing the same thing over and over again. Mm -hmm. That's another part of us selling out. As long as we're we're continuously creating, that's who we are. You know, so that's that's one of the reasons why this project sounds totally different than our last project. Man, Reed, I know you guys are you have a jazz background. Read Herbie Hancock's book. Man, I read some of it, but I gotta finish it. It's so amazing. But he starts out talking about how somebody, you know, one of his teachers told him, like, this is how you're gonna learn to be great is uh, it was classical first. He was a classical pianist. And it was like, go listen to these records and learn to play them perfectly hmm. before you start trying to do your thing and make your own sound, right? It was learn, learn to imitate. Mm -hmm. And then you can start to build on top of that. Mm -hmm. uh, and then he, you know, he did kind of what you guys are talking about. His, he, his mission statement became, my next record is not going to sound anything like my last record. We look up to artists that's just looking to challenge themselves, not repeat themselves. Mm -hmm. Like, like Jesse said, like that's that's our thing. That's what our sound like. We're getting off into these really cool projects where we're getting to do not only our projects but like really cool side collaboration projects. Like, uh, we're working on the Watch the Duck album um, to come out on Epic, but at the same time we have like 
these series that, that can be like you know a watch the duck time ti project mm-hmm. or possibly like uh i'm gonna give all of them away i got something i gotta shut up on because i was about to get some stuff away but like we could we can do these cool where we kind of like bring some worlds together yeah so it's just like i i, I just love our freedom of creativity like uh, the album where we do our album where it's not about it's, it's about like really what we want to do and what we want to push it in the collaboration process where it's about what what we would come together that neither one of us would make on our own mm-hmm. yeah. so I know we're almost out of time but um, there's a couple more things I want to know uh, so what's the what's the next milestone um, well the album we're looking forward to getting to the album the album which we're going to call Helen of Troy Alabama so we're looking forward to that um and just going out and performing these records that are off this latest off the Trojan Horse off the Trojan Horse EP, because mm-hmm. um, we're not trying to skip steps. Like we're actually looking forward to doing more performances. Brother, show you what a hammer at. Get your ass in the bed, put your head in the cloud. You're so well, so well in doubt. I know, I know, I know. Hey, hold on, what you stopping for? Hey, no, never mind. Let them know that you be watching for. Raise it up, drop it up. Uh, who's your favorite DJ? Mm, that's Ooh. tough. Right now, I ain't gonna lie. Right now, I'm really on OK, probably. I'm really on OK. I've been, I've been in an OK mode for a long time because okay. this stuff is hard. Nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's in on the hard. show. We love stuff okay. is, his stuff is hard, you know. But but it but it, it changes yeah. from the day. It changes. It depends on who's on my Spotify gym workout playlist today. Okay. So holler at me tonight, and I might have another one because I missed the gym this morning. I'm gonna go when we leave here, and it depends on who comes up. Okay. Daddy. It's tough, man. You know, I actually like, you know, I I actually dig. Uh, you you familiar with uh, Benzie? Yeah, like I like I like the playlist he put together. Like okay. he puts it, especially like with the girls trapped and all that. Yeah. Like I, I I I always come across some really cool stuff. Uh, I dig Yellow Claw right now. Uh, Nightmare. Okay. Um, Marshmallow. Cashmere Cat. Mm-hmm. It's 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 yeah. It's a few out there, man. It's just Trippy Turtle. <laughs> so like just people that I, and I really like what Trippy Turtle and Cashmere Cat are doing with chords. Like because they're taking like I mean it's like. Just straight up, it's like black soul church chords mm. that that's in their music, and it like is he from like Sweden or something? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then that's what I'm talking like to me. That's what all this is about is like him, right. him, yeah. him putting those like he has those level of chords in there, but then like it's still progressive. It's still like the the everything else around it is where like a lot of the electronic stuff comes mm-hmm. in. Play. Yeah. So it just shows what's happening with music over the world. Cause I'm I'm like, who taught him these? Like black Baptist church chords. <laughs> like I really yeah. that's a real question. If y'all find out, let me know. Like how the hell did that but it's so I just I love it. I mm-hmm. love it. Cause it's just you wouldn't expect you wouldn't expect it. I just wouldn't call that. I wouldn't look at him and be like, he gonna play like yeah, but he does. So it's, it's Absolutely. Really... Well thanks for being here, man. Thank you. Love what you guys are doing. Thanks, man. Keep at it. Come back anytime you want to promote something. Yeah. Okay. Watch the duck. Where do we find you online? Everything watch the duck. Okay. Just like it's spelled, watch the duck. Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, on the Twitter. Um, and please, oh, we're on iTunes too. The Trojan Horse EP okay. uh, came out on Denmark slash Epic Records. Shout out to everybody over at Denmark, Brian and Lee and all y'all. I'm um, Steve. Um, 
So yeah, go go support it. And if you don't want to buy it, it's on Spotify. It's on Beats Music. Um, I would like for you to buy it. That's so right. would our record label. They would really appreciate you buying it. Buy Even if you shit. want to steal it, just steal it. <laughs> just listen to it and come to the shows. All right. Nice. Yo, we had all kind of shit for your ass this week. We had ads. Bet you never thought you'd see that. We had talking, music. I mean, what else could you want? Even We even had talking. It's unbelievable. I hope you enjoyed it. I love talking to these guys, man. I, I'm, I'm excited to see what happens next for them. I'm rooting for y'all. Watch the duck. Make it happen. Uh, come back next week. We'll have somebody else talking to Josh Levine, if you can imagine that, on Rebel Radio. Bye.